It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Because life changed so much this year, we had to change how we did things. Suddenly, there were no events, concerts, or live theater to tell you about, but there was no shortage of news. There was still plenty to do, but we were doing a lot more of it from our homes. Our weekly go guide became the do guide, but it was still focused on things to do. Those things just came with a little social distancing as we all learned to navigate this new reality. It's been a truly strange and remarkable year, and as it comes to an end, we thought we'd take a look back at some of the work that the AJC has done in 2020 and revisit some of our favorite stories. Joining me is our senior editor for arts and entertainment, Nicole Smith. Welcome. Hey, I am so glad to be back. We haven't talked for a minute, Shane. We've done a lot of work this year. Um, It's been, yeah. Even though, you know, it changed, the way we did things changed because, you know, we didn't have anything live to cover or so many events didn't happen. That's true. You know, at first when the pandemic hit, I guess, or I should say it hit and started affecting our work, that was maybe around the very beginning of March. And quite frankly, I I felt like we got busier than ever because we were telling everybody what wasn't happening. So we were so many stories and you even suggested um, a certain section on the website that says what cancellations were available. So we were pumping out a lot of cancellation um, type of editorial and items, but then we kind of found our groove into what people needed us to tell them, which some of it we'll talk about today um, on my list of a a review of 2020. And then I think now we're in where we are giving people ways to live out loud and enjoy Atlanta just in a the remix version of 2020. Um, and of course, 2021, now that we're in 2021, um, we'll, we'll adjust to that. And I think that we'll, we'll slowly get back to, to our normal activities, and, or at least, the, again, a, a different type of version, a better version as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, it, it, we just change the way we do things, but then, you know, you have to be a little more thoughtful about about the things that you do. They become, you know, kind of more important when you don't have as much to do, I think. Yeah, I agree. You get to savor it a little bit more. And, uh, but it it just looked a little bit different. Like you just said at the at the top of this, we get the chance to look back at some of the great things we did. Can I kick us, kick us off? Yeah, please do. Okay, so I wanted to talk about, since we are talking about pandemic, things that affected the pandemic, we did a lot of really, our team, our arts and entertainment team, did a lot of really good content around virtual, right? So, for example, we talked about uh, virtual workouts. And somebody actually in the newsroom, Naja Parker, one of the writers at, at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, loves to work out. And she said, you should come up with a way to tell people how to work out, even if at the time we couldn't go to the gym, or you just feel, don't feel comfortable going to the gym. So uh, we had Nina Reader, one of our prolific freelance writers, do a great story on virtual workouts. Some people actually come in, you socially distance, you're at least six feet apart and you're yeah. in the room. And then of course, other people, they they look on YouTube, they look at a live stream and they get their workout on. So that was one of the, the great things that um, came out of this. You have no excuse, Shane, not yeah. to get your daily workout in. <laughs> Yeah, I will. Yeah, I should be out walking right now, but it's raining, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, excuses, excuses. <laughs> um, one of the other things I took notice of was board games. They came back, right? So we took a look at the classic board games, you know, which you would expect the Jenga and the Monopoly and the Life and things like that. And uh, Mary Welch, one of our, uh, another one of our freelance writers, wrote a very, very good a detailed look at um, at Kazu's Toys and Buckhead about the classic board games that they offer. For them, business is booming because of the pandemic, actually, because people need something to do. And uh, But then Rodney Ho went even further and he said, I want to write about eight board games that are just off the cuff, that are quirky, that are out there. Forget Monopoly. We're going to do something different. My favorite one on that list was uh, um, the one that focused on Kenny G., um, keep, keeping it sex. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you were, you, have you seen that game? I haven't. No. It, it's so cute. It's so, well. I'm a Kenny G fan. I've been a Kenny G fan since pretty much his Christmas album came out, and I play that every Christmas. Played it this holiday, and you just get Kenny G throughout smoothly throughout the day uh, with, without any problems. So that if you're a Kenny G fan, I think you would love that game. And then Rodney Ho has seven other games that I will encourage you to go look up on AJC.com. And check it out. Um, and the, the one of the couple of the last things I, I wanted to mention first was gardening. Everybody, have you gotten into gardening since uh, the pandemic? It's, it's the winter now, but were you yeah. into? Yeah, we did a little bit of that here. Um, you know, tried to, uh, I, I, especially an herb garden. Um, I, I had that going for, for the summer. Um, oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. Did, did a herb garden. Uh, we actually got a chance to do some editorial about how to build your own, uh, grow your own herbs at home. That was done by Mary Wells that people can check out. And then, of course, we did some indoor gardening, which is a great idea Consider it's kind of chilly outside right now in the winter. So not just gardening on the outside, gardening on the inside. And uh, the last thing I, I wanted to mention was you noticed this, obviously, Shane. We we did a big transition in the actual printed paper from go guide to do guide, and that that was a very intentional decision by all of the journalists uh, that you all listen to every single week on this podcast. And that we're going to keep you busy, keep giving you life, keeping 
giving you something to do. Um, and so if you can't go out and be there in person with large groups, we can still, we can still keep you busy. So you'd be able to check that out every Friday um, in the paper. So those are some of the things that, that was one of the things I wanted to look back. All the things that we came up with team, really just thinking about, can't yeah, come up with a team, really just thinking about how can we keep people spirited and lively and entertained and uh, hopeful during the pandemic. And so those all, all those ideas came from the arts and entertainment team at AJC.com. Right. And, and that it's like in, in that vein, one other thing I wanted to mention was that it was very much a year to be outside. Um, and we did a couple of podcasts that reflected that one, one was on designing outdoor spaces, like basically in your own backyard. Um, and that was, that was really interesting. We also did one that, uh, about experiencing nature as it is in, in your backyard, in your neighborhood. Um, and Bo Emerson did that one. And, and that came about because I noticed while I was out walking, uh, that the birds sounded louder suddenly. Um, it was like the world had become quieter. And so you were really hearing those things. And so I suggested to Bo that, you know, I wonder if, if it's true, if, if the birds are more active now because humans are less active, maybe. Um, and so he spoke with some uh, experts about that. And it was that was a really fascinating uh, podcast to do, I thought. It was also a fascinating one to listen to. I, I heard um, the bird. It was like the, it was the. I believe it was like the morning dove. It's the same bird I, for years living in Georgia. I thought sound was an owl. <laughs> and then listening to, to uh, Bo Emerson's podcast on uh, bird listening and bird watching, I, I realized that I had, I misunderstood all this time, but now I recognize the little fella. Yeah. yeah. And, and also I wanted to mention because the, the outdoor thing that, that Mary Welch did a story called Nearby Nature. Um, mm. which explored some some great parks and places where you can get outside and, you know, feel like you're far away from the city without really going very far. So right. um, are you a naturey person? Oh, yeah, definitely. I I, I mean, I, I love to go for walks and I especially like to go for walks, you know, in the forest or, or you know, somewhere that's interesting, you know, not just a paved uh, path uh, really doesn't go anywhere. Um, You know, it's, it's nice to have something to look at while you're out walking. And, and um, that was a great little uh, guide. I think she did nine places, including Arabia mountain, which is one of my favorite places in all Mm. of Georgia. And um, Mm. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating and, and it's a great guide. So yeah, go look for that. If you, want some ideas on places to go for a walk. Great idea. I I, I, I never consider myself a nature person and then 2020 hit and like you said, it, it led us outdoors. So I'm more of a nature person than I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still yeah. not a fan of bugs though. So. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and, you know, there's also stuff to do inside, um, you know, and, and one of the things that you, um, that we did was the, the theme songs and, um, it's like with Rodney and Melissa, Rodney Ho and Melissa Ruggieri, we got, all got together and talked about uh, TV theme songs on one of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was one of my favorites. I am glad you brought that up because 
36 theme songs, right? It was actually recently printed in the paper, but of course available. You could just go on the website, just Google uh, theme songs. Uh, and they picked their top all the way from what? The 1960s to 2010s, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but I have to say, Shane, you know, when you get, when you get in this nostalgia kind of moment, I, I, when I was editing that piece, I started looking up theme songs that they didn't listen. This is a pretty good list, but I'm going to ask you maybe the, a theme song that was not on the list that maybe you felt should have been included. Was there one that you were thinking when you were listening to them? Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to remember. I, I know that it's like I added, I think I mentioned a few um, in the <laughs> podcast and now of course I've forgotten. Um, Can I give one? Yeah. I told Melissa this, Melissa Ruggieri, our music writer who uh, co-wrote wrote that with Rodney Ho, as you stated, uh, King of Queens, baby, all my life I will be driving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, that I, it's short, it's sweet, but I don't know. It just, it just represents Americana. And I, I love that song. And plus I love Kevin James. So yeah. <laughs> and I was a teenager in the nineties. So right. in theme song uh, that was the the In Love and Color was a theme song was done by Heavy D and the boys and the show was um, created by Keenan Ivory Waynes of the Waynes Brothers and I still listen to this on the head if you go on YouTube you can get the extended version so I feel like I'm back in 90s hip-hop mode I don't know that song just <laughs> yeah it's it's funny the 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 songs that that most that I most remember are probably actually from the 60s because when I was young those TV shows were being rerun and, you know, those are the ones that, that really um, stuck with me. I think, you know, things like I dream of Jeannie and bewitched, which I know um, Melissa mentioned as one of hers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are, the, yeah. those are the ones that really stuck with me. I think. Yeah. I could see that. Totally. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I watched those shows a lot growing up just because like you said, it, it was in rerun status fair. A couple of decades there, but uh, we don't. See, I don't really watch those anymore. Do you catch those on TV? Yeah, I sometimes. You know, they they have the the, the channels that I call old people TV for those of us <laughs> a certain age. You know, it's like all the commercials are for uh, um, uh, reverse mortgages and and uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> commercials non- are so non- bathtubs and and things like that. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I think people in their fifties, sixties, and seventies know how to live it out. <laughs> so I, I think this is just stereotypes. Yeah. Moving to the next one, what else you got on your list? So we talked about uh, the theme songs. Um, right. What- noticed it this past year that was interesting well and they also in the same vein we did uh um songs of the 80s uh which was you know quite a we i think we talked for a very long time because certainly when melissa and i start talking about music it can go on forever <laughs> and then add rodney ho into the mix and, and yeah uh, we could talk about yeah. the 80s forever so uh mm-hmm. that was fun to do and I, I, would, I would listen to that one. That was a great one. And you guys, uh, quite frankly, I mean, I was born in the 80s, so I don't know that I have the affinity to that uh, decade of music like you do, but I certainly have an appreciation for it. And I mean, to me, the 80s meant Michael Jackson. That's what that's what right. the 80s they were. Right. But. Yeah. And, and uh, I also wanted to to mention, speaking of music, that this year, um, you know, there were there were some albums that were basically recorded and released this year. Um, you know, so they're sort of pandemic albums. And of course, Taylor Swift was one of them and she released two albums 
here. And I thought it was great the way that um, it, her second album just came out a few weeks back, um, second album of the year. And Melissa, like, had a review up before everyone woke up in the morning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the album was, That's uh, Melissa. Yeah, the, the album was released at midnight, and, you know, overnight she she wrote a review and had it up the next morning, and I thought that was that was great. Um, I love seeing things like that. We're yeah. on top of it, you know? I'm a little bit spoiled with Melissa because uh, she's up all hours of the night. <laughs> I, actually, the other night I was up at 2 o'clock trying to finish some some stuff so that I could actually go on a break. Uh, and she messaged me and she was like, what are you doing up? Yeah. <laughs> so, and she's like, this is normal hours for me. So I, I'm, I'm spoiled with Melissa having her pretty much on the clock 24 seven. She loves what she does. She's great at what she does. And that's just a great example on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, I was going to say, I got, um, since you asked me what else, Mighty Mo, you've heard of it, right? Uh, the you have this grand, fabulous, famous organ at the Fox Theater where it was refurbished. Um, it's about 90 years old, I think. Uh, and Bo Emerson traveled this journey of it being refurbished and, and made anew uh, at the, and put back into the Fox Theater since the beginning of this year. He actually did a video, and you can find that on AJC.com. Just Google Mighty Mo AJC, Bo Emerson, and you can see him play the Mighty Mo. Uh, and this thing is huge. It's large. It has like 3,600 pipes and more than 4,000 wires. So to say that you're going to refurbish this 90-year-old beautiful music machine it is was a great undertaking. And Bo caught it at the beginning. And then he also recently went back uh, as they put the, the Mighty Mo back into the Fox Theater to be played again. And I, I just thought, I, I, I thought he did a great job of just immersing himself in, into this instrument. Bo is a, is, a, um, is a writer of music. And if you didn't know, uh, but he wrote the theme song. Uh, you, you you say that every week with him and Billy Gwynn, uh wrote the theme song for this. So he's very much into music and, and can write it and read it. And I, I thought this was just great because he brought some of his passion and something that really is a is a is a beautiful element to to living in Atlanta and the Fox Theater. He brought it to AJC. Right. Yeah, that's that that was a great story. I also wanted to mention another one that Bo did, uh, which uh, he. He went and looked at uh, that. Well, he he actually did a story on this guy Michael Boatwright, who was a photographer, um, and he did a photo project called Dark Houses, which it was about abandoned theaters uh, during the pandemic, uh, and it was a fascinating thing. I love seeing these photos because some of the photos that you know he took of these empty theaters, and they even still had the stage set on them. You know, but but they were empty because no one was going to theaters at the time, and and in many cases still aren't. Um, so mm. I thought that it sounds like a metaphor it, for life. It, it, yeah, sort of. Uh, but the photos are great, and uh, again, that's Michael Boatwright is the photographer, and this show is called Dark Houses. Go take a look at that. We have a gallery of some of the photos that he took along with Bo's story, um, and that was one of my right. favorites this year too. It's yeah. beautiful. Well, since you've taken us to a pensive place, um, <laughs> I want to talk about the racial right. reckoning. And, and some people might think, what does it have to do with things to do in uh, this this podcast? And I, I'll tell you what I think is that Rosalind Bentley, who is uh, one of our feature writers, she does great enterprise work. She did a great job of showing how art uh, intersects and is integrated and includes the perspective of different people. And this year, 
it, it, it art in, that is shown and displayed and exhibited in Atlanta did a great job of that. And with it, with the city too busy to hate. And so a couple of things, and even you have, which it, it'd be great if you, if you talked about a Shane coming up, but I thought the adult swim and living walls where you can see murals that are painted, uh, painted by black artists. Um, they're all over the city, all over the city of Atlanta. Ariel Daniel did self portraits that just show black life. And so here we have art representing the black perspective. And it, obviously I'm a black woman. And so I have a certain appreciation, perhaps a little bias for art that just reflects what looks like uh, my community and me. And I, I felt good to just see that included in the conversation. And we ha- were at no loss for expression yeah, in art. Yeah, that's true. And we, we just did a podcast on uh, Don Williams Boyd, um, who was is one of those artists whose work has been shown. Uh, it's right now at the Atlanta Contemporary. And that I did that podcast with Rosalind Bentley, too. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of great art this year. Um, and the Dawood Bay also at the High Museum. Um, and we've had, we've had stories on that and we may, may be doing a podcast in the future on that because that show is going to be continuing at the High Museum for a while. So, um, so that's you can find more at AJC.com too, because, uh, Roz, as we like to call her, you guys call her Rosalind, I'm sure. Um, we'll be doing a, a, a couple of briefs on, um, Don and yeah. Dawood. So about that right. on the website. And speaking of the, you know, the racial reckoning, uh, uh, one thing, you know, that was affected a lot this year is, um, the TV and movie industry, which of course is huge here in Georgia. And I wanted to mention that, that one of my favorite shows this year was filmed here and it has some of those elements in it, Lovecraft Country. Uh, which ah. I think is just a terrific show. It's one of those one of those rare shows that I'm really proud came out of Georgia. You know, <laughs> I hear so many people say that so that they love that show. I'm, I have not gotten a chance to right. watch it during I, during my upcoming break. I'll take a chance to binge some of the shows that I want to watch. But you sound like you're in love with it too. Yeah. You're like the umpteenth person. Yeah, it's a terrific show. It's it's I mean it's got elements of science fiction and horror, but it's but it's also about you know uh, the how race affected people and you know in in the fifties and sixties it's uh, it's a really fascinating show and and the, the the actors in it are fantastic it's it's just a great show and you know it was filmed mm-hmm. here it, that one was done you know pre pandemic and and Rodney wrote about it when you know when it first hit TV and and was getting a lot of talk so. You can check out Rodney's story. And he's also done a lot of work about uh, Tyler Perry, who, of course, was Mm -hmm. kind of pioneering and restarting um, TV and movie production uh, on his at his studio here. Um, You know, they basically got everybody living in a little bubble and started producing shows again. Um, Mm -hmm. So and Rodney Rodney was on top of that. That was, you know. A great story. He actually got to talk to Tyler Perry about this, and and I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, that, I think that's great. I think that just shows how um, I don't know. Again, another metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> All of us live in our little bubbles. He was able to do it, build out an entire community. Right. Right. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to mention? No, I, I think that those were the main highlights that I, you know, I wanted people to 
if you got a chance in 2021, just to look back for a couple of seconds to some of the work that we did for you, yes. this was for you. Yes. Take it, take the time to read it and hopefully it'll, it'll make you happy. It'll make you better. At the very least make you. Yeah. Smart. And there's, there's a lot of great stuff that we didn't mention uh, that I, I did want to put in a plug for uh, Melissa's story about travel during the pandemic um, because she's quite the traveler and she's been out to Las Vegas and she and I sat down and talked about that in August about what it was like to travel um, and what it was like in Vegas. Because as she put it, she said in Las Vegas, we felt a little bit of what we could only term weirdness. Um, so I thought, you know, I thought that was fascinating to hear, especially from someone, you know, because many of us didn't travel at all this year. Um, and so we don't really know what it's like. And, and I thought she captured that beautifully. Um, she did. I, I, she was very brave because I remember when she came, she came to me at one point and said, do, do you think it's OK right. um, to do this? And I said that I think everybody has a different comfort level and that's up to you. But it was fun reading her story because when she tried to go drink her iced tea, she realized she had a mask yeah. on. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got you got to remove the mask to drink the iced tea. It was, it was very, very, very heartfelt and open, transparent. So I agree. That is a good one to go. Back and look. I, I have not traveled this year. I've actually just hunkered down. And normally, I'm quite the traveler. Yeah. I like to travel, go see places, and yeah. you are too. Yeah. Actually, I recently saw uh, you reminisce a little bit on uh, social yeah. media, putting up yeah. your trip, to, your fabulous right. Trip my to last London. trip to London, which has probably been three years now, almost. I can't remember exactly, but it's been way too long since I've been over to the UK, and I'm hoping that next year I'll get to do it. We'll see. We'll see. Time time will allow it eventually. I'll put it. That's right. Eventually. So, well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, talking about uh, all the great work that we've done this year. And and like you know, like we said, just check out ajc.com. Go to the things to do page. You'll see tons of stuff that we've done, um, and you know, ways to keep you entertained and. Uh, keep you informed, of course, and and all that. So uh, with that, uh, we'll uh, sign off. Thanks again for uh, joining me, Nicole. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen, And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.